Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am your host for today. I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the call-in number. That is 303-690-3000. So as we open the show now, grab one of those open lines. It's always good to grab it early, and we can begin our conversations as you ask questions, or we can pray together as you have prayer requests. So I'd love for you to be uh, one that calls and joins the show, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord. Let's go to the throne of grace in time of need, as Hebrews chapter 4 says. So I'd love to be able to talk to you about the things that are important to you, the things that are on your mind. And that's what Calvary Live is all about. This is your show. It's wonderful for you who are listening on Grace FM. And by the way, you are listening live on this rainy Monday afternoon. Be careful as you drive. Pray that you're doing well. And uh, looking forward to uh, this, you know, rain that will bring the green grass and things are going to green up and bloom. It's just going to be wonderful. It's a blessing, even though it may be a bit of an inconvenience with some snow coming in and snow in the foothills. But give me a call, and uh, you get to listen to great Bible teaching uh, all day long, 24-7. But this is a show for you to be able to call and ask questions and for you to be able to be prayed for or or give your prayer requests. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, and that's 720 is the text line for texting only. Be safe when you are texting. I want to welcome also those who are listening on the East Coast with Grace or Truth FM, those radio networks. Uh, you too can call it that number I just gave to you, 303-690-3000. The call-in number to text 720-336-0897. And uh, as you're listening to the radio, uh, it is a week delayed, Calvary Live. But you get to call in now. We have our conversation, and you can listen to it next week. And then also online listeners from all over the country, from uh, Southern California through the mid west and in the south and on the east coast welcome anywhere in the united states you can call those numbers that i just gave to you love for you to call give me a call and um would love to just be able to minister to you any way that we can so we got a couple open lines as the uh, phone calls are coming in we're going to go to the phone lines but i want to read to you from psalm 42 as we get started here today um i love this um this psalm as uh, we read that as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God, and my soul thirsts for God, God for the living God. And and that's really my prayer for all of us, that we would have a thirst and a a desire uh, for the Lord, 
um, to fellowship with him, to know him for his word. And I hope that we can encourage you in that. And I can picture, you know, a lot of us will be going camping here in, uh, you know, the weeks coming up, the days coming up. It's going to be green. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, we live in a beautiful part of the country. Those of us who are listening here along the Front Range in Colorado and southern Wyoming, and we see the deer, and, and we can picture that deer that pants for the water brooks and and the one who thirsts for the water. And, and especially out here in the West, you know, water is a very valuable resource. And and so what my hope and prayer is, is that we would thirst for the Lord and remember that it was Jesus that said that if any of you thirst, come to me and drink, and out of your innermost will flow torrents of living water. He has living water to give to us. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, call in number. Hey, let's talk to one another. Let's ask those questions. Let's pray for one another. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jamie in Thornton. Jamie? Jamie? You're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor. Um, I just wanted to send a prayer request for my Aunt Sue, who is in ICU right now fighting COVID. Okay. I'm so sorry. Thank so, you. We'd love to pray. And, Father, we do, as Jamie calls for her Aunt Sue, um, who's in the, the critical care unit fighting COVID. We know that it is very real. It's still around. It's affecting people, and Lord, she uh, has uh, an aunt that she loves, and she's lifting up before you that you would bring healing, that, Lord, that you would just work this virus out of her body, that, Lord, that you be with the medical staff that is there, the doctors and nurses that are caring for her. We do thank you for um, those who have been on the front lines in the hospitals that have been caring for patients that have COVID and and other uh, sicknesses and diseases. But, Lord, we pray for her aunt right now that you would, if she's very, very sick, that you would just bring the healing to her, the strength in her body. But I also pray for your comfort to be upon her and the whole family, upon Jamie. Lord, as they commit her, uh, sue to you, that, Lord, that they would just have a peace that passes understanding, and, Lord, that you would just uh, work. They would perceive your presence, bring the comfort that they need, the words that they need to express uh, to each other to be able to minister to each other. But, Lord, we pray for your healing touch upon Sue. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, Jamie, keep us updated, but we're going to be praying, okay? I will do that. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. So hard. You know, this is still around. We've been dealing with this for over a year, and uh, we want to keep praying. And we're in, you know, that place where uh, we're trying to get outside. We're meeting more. We're trying to be active, but it's still affecting people. So we want to keep praying. So, Jamie, we're going to keep praying for your aunt. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We have some lines that are open. And text line is 720-336-0897 to be able to text in a prayer request or to be able to text in a question as well. So let's go to scriptures together. Love to hear from you. Um, we uh, 
want to be able to minister to you, to be able to go to the Word of God. Aren't we blessed that we have the Word of God? We are so blessed um, that we have the Word of God that is given to us to guide us, to give us wisdom, to declare salvation to us, the gospel, the way that we are to live. Um, we are so blessed to be able to have that. So um, we go to the Word of God to be able to give you the answers because the Bible has the answers. We've got two open lines, so grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Connie in New Jersey. Connie? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Hello. I'm so glad to have gotten through to you. Yeah, I've, I am too. I've been wanting to call. Um, I have some questions. Um, There was a pastor on today from Calvary Live. I don't remember which pastor it was because I listened to so many. And Mm -hmm. he said that during the tribulation that the messengers that are there are Moses and Elisha. Right. My question is, since the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment... Why would it be Moses and not Enoch? And yeah, and Enoch taken out of this world by God. Right. And he Jesus mentioned him 11 times in the New Testament. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, it just Go ahead. it just boggles my mind why there's such a a lean towards Moses instead of Enoch. Yeah. The thought is like you said, and you covered part of um, the answer, and for the sake of our listeners, that as we look at Revelation chapter 11, it talks about the two witnesses that will be ministering there in Jerusalem during the first half of the tribulation period for three and a half years. And so the question is, who are these two witnesses? And there's been thoughts that pretty much is, it's commonly agreed that one of them's going to be Elijah. Uh, Elijah, who was taken up into a whirlwind, we know, in the Old Testament. The other thought is it could be Enoch because of the verse that you just gave, Connie, that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. So some say it has to be Enoch because they're going to have to come back, Elijah and Enoch, and die and go through the, the death. The thing that the problem with that thought is this there's going to be a whole generation of Christians that are not going to die, that they are going to be raptured. So I hope we are that generation. I hope that we are raptured. I think it can happen anytime. Uh, It could happen sooner than we think. I, I pray for that. But, you know, there's going to be a whole generation of believers. It, it could be Enoch, I suppose. But the other thought it, that it is Moses, and I'll tell you why, Connie, because we know that if anyone wants to harm them, we're told about the two witnesses, that fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. So we know that that that's the ministry of Elijah, the fiery prophet. Um, Also, these have the power to shut heaven, so no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. That's Elijah's ministry. Remember, it didn't rain for three and a half years till his word. And they have the power over waters to turn them to blood, to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. So that's the ministry of Moses. The ministry of Moses is that they have the power over waters to turn them to blood. Of course, Moses, he turned the waters to blood, 
and then it was the Pharaoh's magicians that came along. They found some water that wasn't polluted. They turned it to blood. And then he called up the frogs. Um, the magicians called up more frogs, but they couldn't take the frogs away. When the lice came, it was Pharaoh's magicians that said, this is the finger of God. Something's going on here. So that was the ministry of Moses. Plus, it's interesting that, Connie, you might look at the book of Jude, that little epistle that is before the book of Revelation. And so it's interesting the things that he writes in there. And he writes how it was uh, Michael the archangel contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. And I think, what is that all about? Well, Moses was buried on Mount Nebo. Nobody knows exactly where he was buried. But why would Michael the archangel and the devil get in a dispute over the body of Moses? Could it be because he's going to be needed, his body, for the time of the tribulation being one of the two witnesses? So we don't, you know, those are the best guesses. Those are the the theological answers to why they believe it may be Moses. But we do know the two witnesses will be there. They'll have the ministry of Elijah and Moses. These are the two anointed ones as you go to Zechariah chapter 4 and make reference there. So hopefully that helps you out there a little bit, Connie. Yes, and now if someone turns away from the Lord and walks another direction, um, is it true that when the rapture comes, they won't be raptured, but they will go into the tribulation time, and that they cannot um, come back to the Lord once they walked away from him and missed the... Um, yeah. I've You know, I've heard things being said in that question. I've heard that if you heard the gospel and you rejected it and you go into the tribulation period, that there's no, you can't be saved. And, uh, you know, if you walk away and you go into the tribulation period, that you can't be saved. I look at Scripture, and when I see Scripture, the only time that I see that those who will can't be saved in the tribulation period are those who take the mark of the beast. When you go to Revelation chapter 14, there's going to be three angels that will fly around the whole earth, speaking to everyone, that will give three proclamations. And one of those proclamations is that if you take the mark of the beast, if you align yourself with the Antichrist, then you have no hope of salvation. But the Lord's not going to reject anyone who desires to come to him now or in the tribulation. Um and there are going to be those that perhaps that they heard the gospel, rejected the gospel, or they've you know walked away from the Lord, thought they were saved, they 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 really weren't. That goes into tribulation period. I'd like to hope and think that they would turn to the Lord because there's going to be a huge revelation. That's uh, a, a revival. That is the Book of Revelation tells us in chapter seven that's going to take place from every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. So, you know, the delusion, sometimes people will say because of the delusion, those who have rejected the gospel can't be saved. Well, the delusion spoken of is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, when I take it in context, that they believe the lie. 
you know, what is the lie? I believe in context is talking about the Antichrist who goes into the temple of God, who proclaims himself to be God, to be worshipped as God. He will tell the world, you worship me or you won't be able to buy or sell. Those who align themselves with the Antichrist will not have hope of salvation is what the book of Revelation says. But for those who enter into the tribulation period, we've spoken to, you know, friends and families about the tribulation period. If the rapture was to happen today, I would pray they would turn to the Lord in the tribulation period, and I believe that they'll have opportunity to do that with the 144,000 witnesses and two witnesses in Jerusalem and the angel proclaiming the everlasting gospel as well. Well, (laughs) I am glad to hear that because um, my son... Uh, when he was in college, mm-hmm. um, had some trouble in the college, and he and another boy, and the other boy called his father, and his father got a lawyer involved. Mm-hmm. And when they found out that the lawyer wasn't in- involved, they kicked both of the boys out of the college for good. They could not come back, because they had said they could come back in the fall. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was after that when my son came home that he went to an, another college and became friends with a professor there of philosophy. Yeah. And all it's, of a sudden he came home one day and said that he believed in existentialism. Yeah, and that happens a lot. A lot of our young people, listen, Connie, are being pulled away from the faith, and and it's happening over and over again. And in the colleges and in university, um, you know, um, and and it saddens me and it grieves me to see that. But what I pray is those who perhaps that have walked away from the Lord or the Lord is the one who knows who are his. That's what we read in the scriptures. And that's what Paul writes to Timothy. But if they're not really saved, if there wasn't a real commitment, because eventually you know, somebody can be raised in the church, and we talked about this on Easter, that, you know, Thomas, he said, I'm not going to believe that the Lord rose until I touch him. And he had genuine questions, and he had real struggles. But there comes a time where they have to make their faith their own. And what I pray is those who aren't saved, those who I love and care for, that I've witnessed to, and that that when the rapture happens, that they would come to Christ. But to say that there's no hope of salvation because they rejected the Lord. How many times have people today, they heard the gospel, they pushed it away, they pushed it away, they pushed it away, but finally God got a hold of their hearts and they got saved. And I think anybody who desires to call upon the name of the Lord, who sincerely wants to come to the Lord, he's not going to reject that. So, you know, we always have that hope. And the only hope that I see in the tribulation period is when they make that allegiance to the Antichrist. Other than that, that there's going to be a great revival that's going to happen in the tribulation period. I pray for a revival before that to get back to the Lord. So, um, you know, Connie, just keep praying. Keep praying for those kids. Keep praying for your kids and praying for our nation for a spiritual awakening. He has two boys that he's, he wants them to come to church with my husband and I, and they do. Yeah. Good. And so 
I mean, he was brought up in the church, and, and he did a lot of evangelization when he was a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, one of the boys that he led to the Lord is now a pastor. And, yeah. you know, he went to that Christian college, and it it's just... Hard. Uh, I'm so sorry. Through him. Yeah. yeah. Keep praying, Connie. Keep giving him the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of Jesus Christ and keep praying, and then we have to entrust him to Jesus Christ. You know, Connie, I'm going to leave you with this. You know, we pray for our prodigals, um, that, you know, the prodigal who who left and took everything. And it says that the father, when he saw him coming down the road, that the father ran to him. And I think, how did the father know to go out to, you know, I picture him going to the edge of the road, to the property, and he's looking for his son. How did he know that? He was looking every single day. You keep looking for your son to come home, okay? Because we we need to pray for our prodigals, and I'm going to pray for him right now. Father, I pray for Connie, Lord, her son, and she's brokenhearted. There is always hope in Christ, and I pray, pray that you bring him home, that you bring him home to you. And, Lord, you know his heart, and the world comes in, and the philosophy of the world that says we don't need God, we don't need to believe in him, but Lord, I pray the word that has been planted in his heart, that it be watered, and Lord, that that it would come forth, and Lord, that you would just bring him to that place of opening his eyes spiritually, and Lord, softening his heart, and that you would bring him home to you. Be with Connie as she ministers to her grandkids, to her son. And, Lord, help her to have that hope in her heart as she prays for all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You bet, Connie. God bless you. God bless you. You bet. Our hearts break, don't they? Our hearts break for our young people. And, you know, here at Calvary Chapel, we desire to get them in the Word of God as soon as possible, get them grounded in the Word of God. You know, one of the things that we talked about in Matthew's Gospel just recently on Sunday morning, and we're studying through Matthew, is the parents that brought their children to Jesus and how we need to continually be bringing our children to Jesus. Um, and he laid hands on them and blessed them. And that's one of the few times that we see that Jesus was really greatly displeased with his disciples. He was not displeased with his disciples when they were arguing who's going to be the greatest. He wasn't displeased greatly with them when they didn't understand a teaching, but when they tried to prevent the parents the coming to Jesus, Jesus said, don't do that. And Mark's narrative tells us that he was greatly displeased, and he rebuked them. And he said, don't forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. We need to always be bringing our kids before the Lord and praying for them. And take the example of Job. Job, who got up early and made a burnt offering for each one of his kids during the days of the feast, lest they sinned. And we need to be offering a sacrifice of intercessory prayer for our kids. We need to be praying for them. And we cannot be in the mindset or in you know our busyness saying, well, I don't have time. I got things to do. I, I, I'm busy. Uh, they go to church once a week. Hopefully they're getting some lessons, learning some morals. I hope they do okay. we got to do more than having that mindset. I hope they do okay. We have to be praying for them, praying over them, praying with them, 
and just sharing with them. And what we do here at Calvary Greeley is at a young age getting the Word of God in them. We work very, very hard at their level in and getting them the lessons and and getting them to understand the gospel and through junior high and high school. And we have fun with them. We have activities with them. We have plenty of that. But also to get them rooted in the Word of God. And then we as parents, grandparents, uh, to raise them in the ways of the Lord. But the world is coming against them in horrendous ways. And uh, the world around us is telling them, you don't need God, and you don't need to believe in God. There is no God. You're a product of a monkey. When we have a message to tell them that there is a creator that made you and loved you and set his love on you before the foundations of the world, and he's provided a way for you to be saved and for you to come to him. He has a wonderful plan for you. And the things of this world are going to leave you empty. And that's another thing that we talked about, the rich young ruler. The world says that you're to be successful. And the rich young ruler who was young and resourceful, and he was rich and he was a ruler, pie of the Sanhedrin, everything that the world looked up to, but he asked Jesus, what do I lack? And what he lacked was a true relationship with God. And Jesus zeroed in on that when he gave an answer to him, that go and give away all your possessions and come and follow me, because those possessions were possessing his heart. And so we need to make sure that he's the priority of our lives. But listen, if we don't have that intimacy and that closeness with the Lord, over time, And at some time, you will end up just saying, I lack, because you're not fulfilled and satisfied. He's our fulfillment and satisfaction. 303-690-3000 is the number to call for the call-in number. Let's go to Sabrina in Denver. Hi there. Sabrina, you're you're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just have a prayer request for my mom. Uh, it wasn't a very good Mother's Day. I I, I just I'm sent sorry. her a happy Mother's Day. I love you, and um, you know she she's uh, hurt right now, and I know she needs a lot of prayer. I'm in a ministry. I I've been in this ministry for about a year now, and um, you know I've devoted my life to the Lord 100%. He he's the only reason I'm still here. And um, my mom had, had uh, this, you know, that I'm going to church yeah. and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I have to do that. And I was like, I don't have to. I choose to. I, I choose to serve it all to him and, and there's nothing right. uh, else about that. And, um, and also I have a, a lot of mean-spirited people I work with at work and today was just the uh, ice so on the sorry. cake, I guess. And it was a rough day. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'm just relying on the Lord to, to take it all to me. Because it's a battle, Sabrina. And people, here's the thing that as Christians we need to understand. The world's not going to applaud us when we become a Christian. And the world's going to make fun of us when we go to church, and they're going to think we're weird, and they're going to think, you know, what's up with this religious stuff, and even family members. And that's partly what Jesus said when he said, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Uh, mother against daughter, father against son, and so forth. And what he was saying is, because you have made a decision to follow him, 
and to be in fellowship with other believers, that there is a division that happens. And, and it's unfortunate and it's very painful, but you know, there's people all around you at that church that are experiencing the same things. And so, you know, we're going to pray for you. The Lord's going to comfort you. That's why it's so important that we be in fellowship. And so I want to pray with you before we go to the break. Father, I just pray for Sabrina. She's had a hard day. And I just pray that you help her to be strong, that she would find that comfort and strength in being in church and other believers. But Lord, I pray you minister to her mom and that she would be that that witness to her of light and truth. And Lord, her mom would come to know you, but be with Sabrina. Just strengthen her, bless her. Lord, just bring comfort to her in this battle that we're in to know that she's not alone. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Sabrina. Give me a call, guys. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. With you, those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live on this rainy day all along the uh, front range, all clear down to southern Colorado, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, Fountain. You're listening on 101.7. Give me a call. Love to hear from you guys in Colorado Springs. Got so many people down there that I care for and love and have relationships with and uh, lived there many years, started my ministry there. So I'd love to talk with you. Give me a call. Let me know how you're doing. Your questions and prayer requests will take. And then also 89.7 in the metro area, Denver and uh, and up through the Front Range and into southern Wyoming where you're getting snow right now up on the Cheyenne Ridge. And so you guys be careful up there. The The moisture is a blessing. Things are going to green up. Summer's going to come. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. I pray for a good summer for all of us uh, as we head towards that season. But uh, today we have opportunity for us to be able to just um, talk about the things of the Lord. So give me a call. You heard those numbers. The calling is 303-690-3000. We got all open lines, had great conversations in the first half of the show. And then the text line is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. For you who text, that is for texting only. And I uh, would love to be able to talk to you about the things of the Lord and pray for you as well. Here in Calvary Greeley, we're doing in-person services, of course, on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. we got children's ministry at all those services. We were talking about ministering to our children earlier in the show. And I want to encourage you parents out there, and I know that you, you know this to be true, and, and just a reminder and encouragement for all of us, to have our kids be in a place where they're learning about the things of the Lord because they get the voice of the world all around them and and the philosophy of the world all around them. And we have opportunity to minister to our kids your truth. So you, to be giving them scripture, to bring them to the truth of God's word, to raise them in the ways of the Lord, which 
It flies right in the face of what the world is saying. And it's very challenging these days, but also to bring them to a place where they can learn about Jesus and, and be in a place where they have fellowship. And it's so important that we do that. And I know the kids here love being here. We have people that work with them and uh, minister to them at their age, and uh, they are wonderful. Um, and uh, volunteers, staff, Angie uh, Mosley and, and Barbara, my daughter, who run the children's ministry, and Celeste and Vanessa, the children's and toddlers, um, they are so dedicated and so wonderful, and we're so blessed to have them and thankful. So we invite you to come and bring your kids. And middle schoolers meet at 9.30 and 11 o'clock, and we have times, young adults, uh, that college-age students that meet uh, during the week, and then uh, also high schoolers on Saturday nights. Uh, you can check out our website at calvarychapelgreeley.org for all the weekly schedule that's taking place here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Love to have you come and see us and meet your family and go through the scriptures chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And this week as we do Wednesday night, Ezekiel, as we do our online service, uh, you can listen on calvarychapelgreeley.org. We are getting into that section of the book of Ezekiel, which is pretty incredible, where the Lord starts speaking about how Israel is going to be restored and uh, how they're going to come back into the land. So as we go into Ezekiel, parts of it is chapter 34. It's going to talk about the irresponsible shepherds that came along, but how he's going to bring them back into the mountains of Israel to inhabit the land once again. And he's speaking not only after the Babylonian captivity, but he's speaking about a future time that we've seen be fulfilled in our lifetime. And Ezekiel 36, coming back into the land, no longer two, but coming in as one. And then Ezekiel, um, uh, you know, the dry bones that come alive, a nation that was dead coming alive. We've seen that fulfilled in our very lifetime. Absolutely amazing. And then Ezekiel 38 and 39 we'll be looking at, which is a future war, which I believe that there's stage-setting events that are taking place right now for uh, that Ezekiel war to take place, um, you know, in the near future. And one of the things to keep in mind, even as we're reading in the news today, that um, some rockets from the Gaza Strip has been launched at Jerusalem. Matter of fact, it did some damage. And to attack the capital of Israel in that way because of the unrest. Uh, the unrest is going to escalate uh, very quickly. Um, it could. And and so one of the things to keep in mind when we talk about end-time prophecy is that Israel is the epicenter of end-time prophecy. Uh, it is the focal point of end-time prophecy, and particularly Jerusalem. So I would not be surprised if we see things beginning to heat up in the Middle East. And I've always said that. There's been a lot of focus on our nation. We're dealing with a lot of things, and those things are important, and we need to be praying for our nation. But to always keep in mind that the focal point in the last days is going to center around Jerusalem. It's going to center around Israel. And we see that very clearly in the Scriptures. So these chapters are going to be very important to go through to help us get an understanding of what's taking place, what to be watching for, and then also, as we are in Matthew's Gospel, we're going to be entering into that section in the next few weeks called the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus talks about the signs 
of his coming, very, very important. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not trying to have a critical spirit, but just an honest evaluation as I talk with people that there is um, many, many churches that won't talk about it. They won't talk about end time. They won't talk about prophecy. They won't uh, study the book of Revelation. They don't talk about the rapture of the church. Um, there's different thoughts. Um, there's a growing trend, it seems to be, with, with replacement theology, that um, Israel is not uh, playing a role in the end days, um, that there will be no millennium reign. There's no rapture of the church. It's just interesting, um, the things that that we see that um, are being taught and are being passed along. And I know that that there are brothers and sisters in the Lord but um, Israel is a focal point. God made a promise to them. He will keep that promise. And I believe that the Lord can come for the church at any time. So it's very important that we take the whole of Scripture and we understand these things. 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines, and that is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Anastasia in Denver. Hi, Anastasia. Hi, Pastor. Thank you so much for taking my call. You I are a, welcome. Thank you. I had a couple a couple quick questions, if we have time. My first one was, sure. if John the Baptist is Elijah, or if he's a different person, but he also has the guidance of Elijah. I was confused yeah. about that. Yeah, and I think the disciples were confused about it as well, because um, here it is on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they see Elijah and Moses. And so the disciples are asking Jesus as they're coming down from the mountain, you know, why must Elijah come first? And we know that Malachi, some of the last verses of the Old Testament, tell us that Elijah will come in the uh, the dreadful day of the Lord, that he's going to come. So they are expecting Elijah to come. And matter of fact, um, we were just talking about that in the two witnesses. Um, and many believe that Elijah is going to be one of those two witnesses. So he is going to come before the dreadful day of the Lord. He's going to be there in the first half of the tribulation period. But we do know that as Jesus is coming down the mountain from them, um, that he says um, that, uh, let me read it to you. His disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say Elijah must come first? And Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about ready to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist was not Elijah, but he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. I believe it's in Luke chapter 1. Remember, Zacharias was in the temple, and the announcement came to him uh, as he's serving in the temple by, I believe, Gabriel is named there. And Gabriel's associated with announcements concerning um, the coming of Messiah. And John the Baptist uh, was one that, uh, of course, was the forerunner. And as he's speaking to Zacharias, he says, Zacharias, your prayers have been heard. And I imagine Zacharias, as he's hearing Gabriel said that you and Elizabeth are going to bear a son, she'll call his name John, that he's thinking, my my prayers have been heard. We haven't prayed that prayer for a long time, because she was way past the childbearing age. But as he's talking about 
hear John the Baptist being born, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So John the Baptist uh, went in the spirit and power of Elijah, and the disciples knew that. So Elijah, um, they came to the river, and they asked John the Baptist, are you Elijah? He said, no. Well, are you a prophet? You know, no, I'm simply a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And so that's what um, that's what we know, that Elijah is still to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And I believe that'll be in the two witnesses that are there in Jerusalem. Okay. Is there an explanation on uh, what it means that John came in the spirit of Elijah? Like, I'm just confused as to what that means. Well, he comes in the spirit of Elijah to where, which is a, which is a good question, and he comes in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah in Moses was up on the mountain talking about the departure of um, of Jesus. So when Elijah's on the scene in the tribulation period, he's going to be a witness. He's going to be declaring Jesus. John the Baptist had a very very important ministry that he pointed to the Lamb of God. And Jesus, when they came and, you know, John sent his disciples to ask Jesus, you know, hey, he's in prison. He's discouraged. Are you the Messiah or do we look for another? Because he's probably thinking, you know, the ministry of Messiah is to open the prison doors and I'm in prison. And Jesus said, go tell John the Baptist, go tell him what you have seen and heard. And I'm sure that when John heard that, that he said, of course, he's the Messiah. But he turns Jesus then to the crowds and he says, what did you see out in the wilderness? A reed, a reed shaken in the wind. He says, not only was the prophet, he was, he was the greatest, greater than a prophet. He was one that was the greatest born of women up to that point. John's gospel tells us that John the Baptist didn't do any miracles. Now, Elijah did do miracles, didn't he? Uh, did, jo- did John yeah. the Baptist do miracles? No, he didn't do any miracles. No. See, that, that's the interesting thing. When we talk about the power of a, and, and spirit of Elijah, we think, okay, Elijah called down fire from heaven, right? He performed miracles. But John's gospel tells us that John the Baptist did no miracles. But he was greatest born among women up to that point because he spoke of Jesus. He pointed to Jesus. He proclaimed Jesus. And he didn't perform any miracles. And that's what Elijah will be doing, even though he'll be performing miracles in even the tribulation period, because they're going to cause it not to rain. They're going to call down. They're going to have fire come out of their mouths and devour people, all this stuff. But the spirit and power of Elijah is proclaiming the Lord. And I believe that's really what it's talking about, because John the Baptist didn't do any miracles, but he pointed to Jesus and he spoke of Jesus, and Elijah would love to have seen there the Lord, and there he's on the Mount of Transfiguration talking about his departure. So kind of interesting to think about those things. Yeah. Yeah, I was just a so, confused because, it, you know, he was saying that Elijah comes before the Lord, and so John the Baptist came before, and I always I just got that confused. Yeah. Good question. Excellent question. Anything okay. else? 
Thank you. No, that'll do it for now. I'll call back another time. Thank you so much. <laughs> you call back anytime, Anastasia. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. You bet. Keep reading the scriptures. Good questions that are coming. Hey, 303-690-3000. We've got a couple open lines here on Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Ivan in Denver. Hey, hey Ivan. Pastor Jeff, how are you How doing? Good. How are you? Okay. I've got a question on Revelation 12. I pretty much got the, the gist of the the, uh, the chapter, but specifically verse 6, where it says that the, the woman fled into the wilderness to pl- to uh, to a place prepared by her, uh, uh, by God, with, uh, where she might uh, be taken care of for 1,260 days. And I, I just don't know what that means. Well, as you read chapter 12, when you go into chapters 11 and 12 and 13, it's talking chronologically in the middle of the tribulation period. So we've talked about the two witnesses that they will be witnessing, and you see that number that is in the book of Revelation. You see that number of, you know, 1,260 days or three and a half years or time, times, and a half time. A, a time is a year, times is two years, a half times is a half a year, so three and a half years. That's th- what you'll read. And I believe it's um, also the other what, 42 months. That's what you read about in Revelation chapter 11. So the tribulation period is really, there's the first half, three and a half years, and then the second half, which is called the great tribulation period, three and a half years. Chapter 12, what happens is, that the woman we know that's being spoken of, um, and I'm going to read it for the sake of uh, the listeners, that the woman bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Who's that speaking of? Jesus. It's speaking of Jesus. There are those who say it speaks of the church. Well, the church isn't going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. There are those who like to come along and say, yeah, the church is going to grow, 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 and their theology and their kingdom now theology or whatever they call it, and say we're going to rule the nations, and and the woman gave birth to the church. The woman didn't give birth to the church. The the Israel, we know it's speaking of Israel because we can go back to the book of Genesis where it speaks of Joseph, and it speaks of the the children of, of Jacob, and we we can make that, analogy. We can look at that reference. So speaking of the nation of Israel, um, and it is Israel that gave birth to the Messiah. He's going to rule the nations with the rod of iron. That's Psalm chapter 2 that speaks of that. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. And that is speaking, of course, of Jesus. And then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. So what's going to happen is the woman has going to have to flee out into the wilderness. We know that John, in the rest of the chapter, he, he starts to talk about how Satan's thrown out of heaven, and what happens is this dragon, who is Satan, saw that he had been cast to the earth, persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So John kind of picks that up again. And so the woman fleeing out in the wilderness 
is the remnant when the Antichrist, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, when he goes into the rebuilt temple, the tribulation temple, and proclaims himself as God, to be worshipped as God, um, we know that he's going to tell the world, according to Revelation chapter 13, that you have to take my mark if you want to buy or sell. So he's going to proclaim himself as God, and the Jews are going to say, no, we are not going to accept you. And he's going to persecute the Jews, and he's going to persecute the tribulation saints as well. Chapter 13 talks about that. But what's going to happen is the remnant of them are going to flee to the wilderness for the last three and a half years. And Isaiah speaks of that. Let me see if I can get the reference to you um, that Isaiah speaks about how they're going to go to the rock city Petra and they're going to hide out there um, for three and a half years. You can go to Petra today. It's a narrow passage into it. It's the size of the city of Manhattan where they built a city out of the rocks and the Jews are going to hide there where God's going to provide them and protect them from the Antichrist because he's going to declare war on the woman is what's being told. You might want to read Isaiah chapter 16, send a lamb to the ruler of the land from Shelah to the wilderness. Shelah is the word that is spoken of. It, it means rock. So the rock city Petra is what many of them believe. And it's interesting that as Isaiah continues in in chapter 16, let my outcasts dwell with you, O Moab, be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler there in verse 4. Um, so the Antichrist, the spoiler, is going to go after them. So Moab, that area on the east side of the Jordan River, which is today Jordan, where Petra is, is going to be a shelter for them. So it's it's prophesied that's what's going to happen, and that's what Revelation chapter 12 is speaking of. Okay, so who is the, the pregnant lady then? Well, speaking to the woman who gave birth is Israel, the woman who gave birth to the Messiah. Okay, yeah, because it talks about her being uh, uh, clothed with the sun uh, with the moon at her feet and the yeah. 12 stars on her head. So the 12 yeah, stars you, is Israel. Yeah, and you can make reference to Genesis chapter 37, okay? Read Genesis chapter 37, where Joseph has a dream, and he has a dream there, and in that dream, he told it to his brothers, and he said, the sun, the moon, the 11 stars bow down to me. And so he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said, what is this? Your mother and I and your brothers indeed have come to bow down before you, Jacob being the patriarch to the 12 tribes of Israel. So you can make that reference. So it's speaking of the nation of Israel. Okay. Great. That clears it up. Then. Okay. Well, thank All you. All right. Good question. Keep reading. All God very bless. fascinating. God bless you. 303-690-3000. The call in the text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Larry. In Windsor. Hi, Larry. Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for calling. Oh, great. Um, so my question is, uh, John was the greatest born among women, but yet he is the least in the kingdom of heaven. And I would like some clarification on that. 
Well, as Jesus is talking about, you know, who did you go out to see at, you know, when he was beheaded? And as we look at that text, and I'm going to turn to it in Matthew's uh, gospel, that he says, Surely I say to you, among those born of women, there has not been one greater than John the Baptist. And then he goes on to say, and I think this is where your question is, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? So John the Baptist is the greatest born among women up until that point. And if you would have asked me who is the greatest born among women at that time, uh, I would have said mm, Elijah or Moses or David who killed giants or Daniel who had incredible visions. But he said John the Baptist, who I've already explained, hadn't worked any miracles. So John the Baptist was one that in John chapter 3, he said to his disciples that, listen, I'm a friend of the bridegroom. He must increase. I must decrease. We know that he spoke of Jesus. He pointed to Jesus. He was a voice that proclaimed Jesus. And I think what Jesus is saying that as we do that, because now we look back at the cross, John, he was one that was the forerunner to Christ, but we have the full story. We have the full story of of his death and burial and resurrection. And as we point people to Jesus and tell them that Jesus died on the cross for them, was buried and rose again, and he validated that he is the Son of God, he's alive, then I think that's what Jesus is speaking of that he was least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, that Jesus goes on and he speaks about greatness as you continue Matthew's gospel, that if you want to be great, be the servant of all. If you want to be great, come in childlike faith. If you want to be great, then you know the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And all these things that that we need to consider and look at. But what I take away from that is that, listen, that we can proclaim Jesus we can point people to Jesus, that we can say, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world because he went to a cross and died for you and rose again after three days, and he's alive. And that's what makes us great in the kingdom. And so okay, that's so, what I take away from it. So would the, he have been, the least in the kingdom of heaven been greater than John because the kingdom have, have, hadn't come to that point yet? John was the last of the prophets, and now, you know, I think Jesus is is just saying that as we now have that full revelation of what Jesus did, that we can be great in the kingdom. Um, And, you know, and he talks about Jesus, and it really takes some some thought to be least, um, not to, to try to be great in your own energies and stuff, but we have a message to give, and that's what is pleasing to the Lord, and that's what makes us great in the eyes of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. Um, I do have Good a question, really quick Larry. Request, um, yes. For me to uh, listen better and follow more closely after the Lord. Oh, absolutely, Father. I pray for Larry. Is he he wants prayer to hear more clearly from you, and Lord, we know that comes from your Word, but Lord, also that still small voice as he seeks you, as he. Uh, Lord just um, gives devotion to you, desiring for you to guide him. You promise that as we go to you, that as we wait on you, that we will hear from you as well. And I pray that he would hear from you. 
even in those times where he's waiting. And Lord, that you would speak to his heart as he reads the word, help him to grow in your word, to know your will, to guide him to be that voice saying, this is the way, walk in it, go to the left and go to the right. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor. Is there anything that I can pray for you? Just just pray for us in the days and we're in that we'd be faithful to teach the word and endurance, and I would appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Good to hear from you. Hey, we're running out of time. Man, it went by fast. I thought we had about 10, 15 minutes left, but we are only about a minute away from the music playing, so I am so sorry, Caesar. You are asking um, about... Uh, from Thornton, 144,000 in Revelation. Um, they Are they the only amount of Jews to be saved, or are they a specific group for a specific purpose? They are a specific group, and that is evangelism for a specific purpose. And um, And so at the end of the tribulation period, the eyes of the Jews will be opened up, and Paul says in Romans chapter 11, that all of Israel will be saved. It will be a national restoration. So sorry we couldn't talk about it. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you tomorrow because I'll be back here tomorrow and uh, at the same time. And so thank you, everybody, that has called in. And um, sure, appreciate it. And um, would love for you to be able to continue to read the Scriptures and give us a call here at Calvary Live. So thank you so much. You hear the music. We're coming to an end. Hey, be careful out there as the roads are wet. We got maybe some snow coming in. Hopefully this is the last snow of the year, but things are going to green up. And uh, we'll see you and hopefully hear from you tomorrow at the same time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.